Now everyone's making it in film and TV, but we don't really know how. Here we uncover the truth. Welcome to the Your Cinema Podcast. Welcome to the Your Cinema Podcast this week. Um, it's the place where we explore the truth about film, TV and theatre and hear it directly from those who are smashing it in their areas. Um, today we've got a critically acclaimed actor. Study <laughs> that radar. He's been at the National Theatre twice, the Royal Shakespeare Company. He's been in Macbeth, Barbershop Chronicles, Death of England, Henry VI, and the amazing and widely regarded Layman trilogy, as well as being in Top Boy, You Don't Know Me, and other shows. Um, I introduce to you Michael Balligan. What's going on, bro? Yeah, I'm good, man. Can't complain. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm healthy. You know, beginning of the year, fresh start. You know, I kind of, I cannot, I actually can't complain, man. You know, life could be a lot worse. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, you are really making waves, right? And you have been for some time. So um, I'm just, I, I actually want to take it back to the start for you. So, like, Picture yourself, right? Like you've just finished studying at RADA. You're fresh out of drama school, um, which is a huge experience in itself, mm -hmm. right? Because RADA is like one of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. um, what is it like landing your first play after being in that institution that's gearing you up? Yeah, that's a really good question, man, because I'm not going to lie. I was, I was, you know, shitting myself to put, you know, for want of a better word, because... Mm -hmm. Because of my background and everything, you know, I kept thinking if I don't get an acting gig quickly, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Do you get what I'm saying? So there was a kind of real deep fear about, you know, leaving this institution that was kind of home for three years. Um, Kind of, you know, it's like leaving school in it. There's a kind of there's a kind of fear about what lies beyond the horizon, isn't it? What, what's going to happen after this? Because, you know, I don't know the future, right? Yeah. So there's a kind of surrendering to, like, the uncertainty of things that you have to kind of accept. Do you know what I mean? But for me, I kind of told myself... I remember, I remember specifically a day when we were all sat around in a circle, my year group. Yeah. And, like... You know, everyone was talking about their concerns and rare tear tear. And obviously, you know, my I've got a very different set of concerns than most people there. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, like, listen, I don't know what I'm gonna do because as far as I'm concerned, I can't I can't, you know, for reasons that I'm sure people are aware of, I can't just go and get a normal job like that easily. You know? Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying to you? So there's all of these concerns, right? But because of the way as luck would have it, you know, I'm I don't know what it is, man, but like so, so what, do you want me to talk about my first gig? How I got that? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, now, this is, this is one for the listeners to take note on this one here, yeah? Because this yeah. is a bit unorthodox, yeah? And I wouldn't advise this to everyone, yeah? <laughs> okay, cool. So basically, um, I'm at RADA. You know, I've been seeing all the brilliant shows that have been in the West End and, you know, at the time. And one play that I went to see was People, Places and Things, yeah? Do you remember, have you seen, did you see it? No, 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 but I, I researched no, it. Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, it's a piece about an actress who ends up in therapy because of drug addiction and all mm. that kind of stuff, yeah? Mm. You know, my background, yes. You know, I've been in therapy. I know those kind of institutions very, very well, yeah? So when I saw this play, I was just quite surprised at how this woman was letting go. 
you know. I was just very, not surprised, but I was impressed by how much this woman on stage was, it was fully embodied. It was like, do you know what I mean? It was in her toenails, this character and this, whatever this character wanted. So I loved the play. And I always thought, there was a character in it, I always thought, you know, if I ever, if this play ever come back, I'd love to play that part there. Do you know what I mean? I just put it, I just put, I just, I just thought, let go of the idea. Boom, de boom, de boom. Anyway, I'm at RADA. We're all in a class. Last year, we're all kind of, you know, we're all trying to get an agent. We're all, you know, my friend Amy from Amy from um, Sex Education, if anyone watches it, she's come back and she's like, I just got my first gig. And I was like, raw. Obviously, like, everyone's like, what? Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, what is it? What gig? She's like, people, places, and things. I'm like, what? They're doing that again? She's like, yeah, they're doing a tour. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Give me all the details that you can give me that, you know, give me the cast director's name, give me all the details, the emails. And Amy being Amy, she gave it to me. She gave it all to me, yeah? So I put it in my notes on my phone. I've put all this stuff in my notes on my phone, right? Boom, close the phone, boom, whatever. Anyway, two days later, my agent has sent me on for a general meeting to meet with a casting director. When I met them, we spoke, it was all good, I left. You know, like when you leave a meeting, you're feeling really energized, enthusiastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything's feeling nice. So anyway, I go back to RADA and I've rented a room in RADA Studios to just work on a monologue that I was working on. Mm-hmm. But when I went to the desk um, to, to, to book the room, there was a woman at the desk and she's like, hi guys, my name's Lottie Hines. I'm here for the auditions. But that name, Lottie Hines, I was like, why do I know that name? Why do I know that name? And I thought, auditions? What auditions are you doing here? Anyway, I just, I just read it off. Went upstairs, I'm doing my thing, learning this monologue. Come back stairs, I'm having a cigarette outside. A guy that I know turns up. He's like, well, I might. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I've got an audition. I was like, what for? He's like, people, places, and things. Mm. I'm like, what? Mm. What do you mean? So, boom, now, I've pulled my phone out. I've gone back to the notes that I made. I'm like, let me check something. Lottie Hines. Mm. The name that I just... All the details are there. Yeah? So I'm going, fuck. Like me, I'm a little bit of a romantic in it. I'm like, this is a sign. Yeah, yeah, straight, straight, straight. Yeah. So I I went up, listen, bro, like I said to you, I'm I'm a bit, you know. So what I've done is I've gone to the woman on the desk who knew me. I've gone, listen, I'm going to hide behind this desk. Yeah? I'm going to hide behind this desk so I can see the CCTV in the corner, innit? Yeah? And when they come out of this, that room, I'm going to strategically walk out like, oh, guys, so, do you know what I mean? Yeah? Because I'm thinking I need to catch them before they leave. And I want to, like, do you know what I mean? I'm, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know how this is going to work, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I've done that. I'm hiding behind the desk. I've seen them come out. The woman, Lottie Hines, and this director, Holly, um, Holly Race, no, Holly, Holly Race Rogan. That's her name. Yeah. Lovely woman. Lovely people in it. So I've stopped them. I've come out. You know what I'm saying? Guys, I've got my phone ready. I'm like, guys, I'm not crazy. Look, just so you know, I didn't want to think I was a madman. I've trained at RADA. Yeah. <laughs> And um, this is what happens when your back's against the wall. Like, I didn't have a choice, yeah? I'm like, I trained at RADA. Da-da-da-da-da. Amy got cast, who you've just cast. I'm telling you now, this play, I'm meant to be in it. I, I, yeah. So they're looking at me like, this is a bit cheeky, but at the same time, this guy's talking of a lot of conviction. You know what? Mm. The woman went, she went, you know what? She went, have you got 10 minutes now? So I'm like, raw. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying yes, isn't it? They always tell you, just say yes, just say yes. So I'm like, yeah. 
They're like, come, let's do it. Right, here's the side. You've got five minutes. Go in that corner, have a read, come back. So, bro, I'm, I'm like, my heart is pounding. I'm like, I've not even prepped. I'm in the room. I'm doing, I'm actually doing an audition now. Do you know what I mean? But long story short, she, like, I, I was doing it. She kept changing. She kept, well, let's try it like this. Let's try it like that. Let's try it like this. Let's try it like that. We did it about nine times, bro. We was in there for time. Yeah? Time. So, obviously, now I know those are good signs. But at the time, I was like, fuck, I'm not getting it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long story short, two weeks later, I get an email from my agent saying they want to offer you the role. You know oh. what I'm saying? So, that was my first job out of drama school. And, and um, if I'm, you know, since then... I've kind of not really stopped apart from COVID. Do you get what I mean? Wow. Obviously, there's been gaps in between jobs here and yeah, there, yeah, but yeah. God, I like to call it God or, you know, the universe or whatever. Something's been really watching out for me, innit? Wow. I love that, man. I love that. So, right, you've, you've, you've come out, you've landed a role in, in, in this play that you, you, you wanted to be in, right? And which is good, and you're working now. On your on your CV, you've got the National Theatre, right? So I want to know what it's like going from cool. I guess the first thing is like I want to get some sort of role or job in it. But now you're working, but then you get a role at the National Theatre. What is that like? Yeah, I think because bearing in mind, like you know without going too deep into it, you know, my, mm. my, my route into acting was so unorthodox. Mm. I didn't know about all these things before I started training at RADA. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Which I think has its benefits, has its positives and its negatives. Mm. Because I, I remember the audition I had for Macbeth at the National Theatre, yeah? And when I went in that room, Rufus Norris, who's the artistic director, sat there. I didn't know who he was. I was like, I'm coming here to play. I, I, I'm coming here to do my thing and bounce. I'm not here to kind of, I'm not here to kiss any ass. Yeah. I'm not here to, you know. And I think me not knowing who he was and not knowing the kind of position that this theatre has in terms of theatre in London yeah. really worked for me, innit? Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So, obviously, I knew what the National Theatre was. I'm a big fan of Macbeth. I know who Rory Kinnear is and Amory Duff, the people that were playing the leads. Yeah. So for me, this was like, I mean, I was playing the doctor, which isn't a massive part. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. I remember, people that know Macbeth, they know that part. Yeah. You know what I mean? They remember that part. Yeah. And then, um, mate, like, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, when I got the call to say I got that job, it was quite big for me, man. I was like, wow, here I am at the National Theatre. Like, you know, and the National Theatre, like, you, got, you know, it's not, well, from my experience, I love the place because I've done a couple of... I've worked with them a lot in many different times. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I've worked... You know, even People, Places and Things is a National Theatre production. I, I got you, I got you, I got you. you yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Macbeth. I did Macbeth there. I did Barbershop Chronicles on tour. That's another mm. national production, you know. Um, Death of England. We, I mean, we're getting to get to that, but that reopened the national after lockdown. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the National Theatre, and like, and another thing is because Rufus was actually directing that play, mm -hmm. yeah, I've got a very soft spot in my heart for Rufus Norris because that man, when I came in the room, I mean, I was mad anxious. I was like, fuck, you know, the National Theatre, we're yeah, doing yeah, a show yeah. here. All that kind of stuff was going on in the back of my, in my head, innit? And mm -hmm. he kind of like, he kind of made it a thing to connect with me, mm -hmm. you know? 
in this space. And you know, there's a couple of times of black Mike, what are you doing for lunch? Let's have lunch. Just on a, just on a, like, just, you know what I'm saying? And we'd go up and we'd talk. Mm. I mean, and he told me certain things about his life, you know, how he spent a lot of time in Nigeria as a child, mm. you know, mm. and then was really big on, in terms of like the social housing scene, mm. setting up cooperatives back in the 50s, like this, and I'm saying to you, so some of it's politics. I was like, raw, I would never have thought that. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yep. And Rufus Norris is actually a really, really warm soul. He's actually a really warm soul. I mean, when you look, he's got quite steely eyes. So you can misinterpret that as, you know, some kind of arrogance or ego. But yeah. he's actually one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And he's leaving pretty soon. So it's going to be a big shame. Although I'm sure the new person is going to do great. But Rufus Norris is a beautiful soul. And that guy helped me in my career a lot. You seem to have had like a really nice relationship and experience with the industry since you started, um, which is, do you know what? It's pleasant to hear because a lot of the times, and it might not be the case, but I'm just drawing from like what 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 you're saying. Um, mm. Yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting because a lot of people have varied experiences where it's like they're not working and it was terrible or not terrible but it was like really hard but they know that's how it is and then they get a job or you know someone starts out the gate and it's going really well and then there's a lull you know what you got that's a good point you know and, and listen bro i mean i'm i'm very very lucky i'm a very lucky person man. like you know i'm a, i shouldn't really be sitting here talking to you i should be in a grave if i'm gonna be real I, I, i'm lucky I've had a lot of lucky moments in my life and, mm. and like a lot of touches. Do you get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. So, but at the same time, when I look back over, when I look back over my life, like you have a kind of, you as a person, depending, it doesn't matter whether you're an actor, whatever role, whatever your life is like, you have a say on that luck in it. You have an influence on it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And that, you know, as actors, you've got to be aware of that. You've got to be conscious of how you look at the world. You have to be. Do you get what I mean? And I remember there was one, I remember I was listening, you know those SAG interviews? Uh, no. But is it like variety where it's like the round tables and... A little bit like that, but it's like one-on-one, -on -one, you know. Okay. So there'll be a woman interviewing, and, and this particular one I was watching was Gary Oldman, right? Yeah. And I never, ever, ever forget this, Yeah. The woman said to Gary, she's like, Gary, um, you know, what was it like for you when you left drama school and you had to work in some bars and restaurants and, you know, what was that like? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never, never really done that. Yeah. Remember, Gary Oldman's working class from South London, that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, what do you mean? He was like, he went, listen, you know what, I'll be honest with you. I remember I was at drama school and the first thing they said to us was, if you can do anything else of your life, go and do that. Yeah. And they were kind of setting us up for this mind state where you're kind of not sure, right? And he went, that don't make no sense to me. Why would I go into this industry? I've just started going in half thinking that it's not going to work. Why am I here then? Yeah? Now, don't get me wrong. I see the sense in what those people were trying to advise him. But I'm of his mind state. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
And then what he said he did, and he went, and then he, then he goes, he goes, so what I did was I went away and I did everything in my power to prevent that, that outcome. You know? So I went, I started emailing every castle of it so I can get my hands on Emailing every agent from second year. They're not even doing shows yet. He's already doing that. He's on it. Yeah? Because, and lo and behold, he left drama school and he's going out, you know, the Gary Oldman, that's won Oscar awards, BAFTAs, everything, right? And, I, and I've thought about that story many times and it's about putting your back against the wall. Like, I'm not middle class, bro. I don't have that inheritance, Yeah. you know? I don't have that inheritance check. I don't have the house in fucking in um in 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 um you know um Devon or whatever it is or mm. you know family in Kent. But we don't have that. So you know, I'm not coming at this like ooh. I'm coming at this. I've got to get in. I've got to like. There's no. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I've got yeah. that in me. I'm from the road. I'm from. Mm. I mean, working class background, grinding, struggling, striving. So we come into these things and we act up. Do you get what I'm saying? Because I don't have that security. You know what I'm saying to you? So I might not sleep as well as you, but best believe, I mean, Will Smith says his thing in it. I ain't getting off that treadmill, bro. <laughs> me and you get on that treadmill, you're getting off before me. No doubt about that. Do you get what I mean, though? I hear you, I hear you. We get you. on that treadmill, you're getting off, not me. Wow. Wow. You get my point? Yeah, I do. I do. 100%. 100%. 100%. And you know what? It's It's worked out for you like like i was saying in terms of like not having to really like do that balance and you know what the only other person i can think of that has said i've been working ever since right really or just like talks about always working is ashley waters mm. that's the only i'm sure there's probably others but in terms of like that's a that's something that he said to me a few times. Like, yeah, like I've just been always working. He's always working. You know what though? I, if, to be honest with you as well, now listen, like I don't want that to sound arrogant. Mm. You get me? Yeah. Like there's not like I'm not knocking people that work in other mm-hmm. jobs and other yeah. stuff. You know, like yes, there's been moments where I haven't worked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah there's been time. Yeah. There's been moments where I've, you know, done a few. I've been doing a lot of workshops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff that still ties mm-hmm. in. But what I mean is, like, I'm, I've been blessed. I don't know. I think it's a lot to do with the timing. Yeah. You know where the industry was when I graduated. All of those things have had an effect, mm-hmm. and I've been quite blessed to kind of cut through. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's what I meant to say is that I think that. I can explain it. I can explain it. It's almost like, listen, I can go deep. What I'm, all I'm, what I'm saying is that I've, I've been blessed in that sense. That I haven't had to do the mad thing while I've been doing this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know whether it's to do with the stuff that went on in my life before or just how I am or there's so many elements to it, but I'm not knocking, you know, the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I'm not knocking anyone. Do you know what I mean? People don't realise this game is hard. Yeah. yeah? Like, you know, you take you step back from it and look here in, in its reality. There's only ever one percent of people working at one time. There's only a certain amount of jobs. So that means there's ninety nine people. You know, ninety nine percent of actors are not working, right? And that's a big, big thing. And that's not easy. You know, it's not easy looking at someone and they're going, "Well, how comes you always? How comes you got it? How comes you always working?" Or when you don't see someone for a long time and they're like, "You know, I see someone in the street and they're like, oh, how's it going? How's it going? We got next." 
You know, what's next? It's like, it's like, I get it. I get it, man. I get it. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Like, mm-hmm. industry's not fair. It's not fair in it, but there are things that you can do to help. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the point. Like, when you saw that opportunity with Lottie, you, the tenacity. You got to be bold, man. This yeah. industry, listen, don't, like, you could be the best actor in the world. You've got to be brave. You've got to be brave in this. Like you get one life. That's it. You don't get another crack at this. That's it. Once that heart stops beating, you'll get out. The, that's it. I don't know what's on the other side. You know, I don't know that. I can't tell you. But what I do know is you get one life. One crack at the whip. So you, there's no point sitting down worrying about what tomorrow brings. Like that's literally a waste of your imagination. Why are you sitting down imagining the bad, what could happen bad? That's you doing that. I could just imagine what could happen good. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it sounds mad, but it's very simple. If you're sitting down, worried, what if I don't work? I, like, I mean, bro, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I do it sometimes. But I spend more time trying to imagine <laughs> what I do want to do. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. your imagination. Like, bro, I'm a strong believer. I think your imagination is a connection to something else. Yeah. That's what I believe. I think your imagination is the eye of your soul. That's the eyes of your soul. You know, when you're thinking in your head, that's your soul speaking to yourself. Yeah? So I need that to be good. Because, bro, I'm not going to lie to you. I sit in my flat now. I'm looking around. I imagined all of this. I imagined it. I imagined all of it. I'm li- I live in Camden. I remember I was walking along Tottenham Court Road. Yeah? I was at RADA, I was by myself, and I was, walk- I was walking, I said, you know what, I want to do a show in the West End, and I want to live round here, mm-hmm. yeah? I live in, above, I can walk down to that road, I just told you about in 15, 20 minutes, yeah? Then That's not me going, oh, I live in Camden, but yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. I'm living in a one-bedroom flat, it's a minor. What I'm saying is that I imagined this. Do you get what I mean? I imagined a lot of the stuff that I've done, I've imagined. It's just reality. So what are you imagining? You know, where does your where does your baseline go? Because where does your baseline in terms of like how you think go? Where is that like if you if you strip away if you strip away all of your like or if you strip away all the external stuff, where does your baseline sit when you're just sat down alone? Does it go negative or does it go positive? Do you get what I mean? Yep. In an industry like this, you like people don't realize it how much part you play in it, you know, you can sit at home and wait for the phone to ring. Yeah, that's cool. But you've got to understand that, you know, what's going to happen for you is going to be determined a lot by how you think about yourself. Yeah. And that's just in life. Forget about acting. That's with everything. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. I I agree. And I believe the same thing, mate. Mm. Um, So, like... Touching, yes. So touching on, on, on the like wealth of experience that you've had within theatre, right? What, what is like a typical day like when you've got like a show on? Because I guess some days you're going to have like two shows in a day. Like if you finish late, do you get time to rest? Like, can you actually have a life while a play's on? Like, what's your day to day like? Yeah, it's no, it's, yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, I've done a lot of plays on tour, which is a very different experience. 
doing a play in London, like, you know. And, um, yeah, I think... So a typical day is, you know, you wake up, you're probably waking up a bit later because you probably did a show the night before. Okay, yeah. You wake up and you're at home, you're chilling, but you know in the back of your mind, I've got to be leaving this house at about three, four o'clock, get to the theatre around five. You know, I like to do a really extensive warm-up. Oh, you know, okay. You know, I'll do a full-body warm-up, could take an hour and a bit. Oh, wow. And then I'm kind of getting my mind and my soul from that point forward. I'm kind of like trying to connect back in with the play and with the story that we're telling, you know? In terms of a typical day, you know, you're going to have lunch. Like, you know you can't do anything mad that day because if it's going to affect the show later, it could be a problem, you know? When you're doing a West End show like Lehman, yeah, I know they were taking like half a mil a week on the box office. So, like, you can't afford to not be there. Do you get what I mean? And like, that's a three-man play, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Half a mil... I'm not sure, half a mil a week? I could be wrong. Maybe I'm getting my figures mixed up, but it's, they're taking a lot of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Straight, straight. So, so there's like, nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. Mm. There's nowhere to hide. Like, there's people coming to see this thing. Like, they're coming to watch and they're paying a lot of money and they want to be impressed. <laughs> yeah? So you can't, you better make sure you're ready to go. Yeah? Wow. So, you know, I'd get in a bit earlier, four or five, you know, have a warm-up, get some food in me. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Just so that the energy levels are right for the show. Yeah. Because Lehman was um, very quite a demanding piece. Okay. You know. Yeah. It, you know, it's three hours long. Yeah, yeah. It's only three of us. There's a lot of long monologues. Really. Long. Plus, we're multi-rolling, so we're all playing like twenty characters. Amazing. And and the show doesn't. There's never a moment on that stage where we stop. We're it's constant. The only time we stop are at intervals. And the, and the stage is revolving. So, you know, when I say that line from this position, you need to be able to receive it, take that, to hit your mark there. Then you pick up that box, you move that box. Like, bro, it's technical. Yeah? But, like, I know that having done that play, no no play can ever scare me ever again. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the benefit. Like, that's, you know, Sam Mendes, you know, Oscar winner, BAFTA, like, the Miss, like, you know what I mean? In terms of English directors, he's up there, probably top three. Yeah. Probably top two. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, we're work- I'm working with Sam Mendes. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, wow, I'm at- this is the pinnacle of theatre now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying to you? This ain't no... And, like, you know, even the show itself, the Lehman trilogy and, you know, the subject matters and what it was about and all that kind of stuff, these are all big things. And, yeah. You know, you-, you know what I'm saying to you? So, yeah, I just thought, yeah, I think, yeah, day in the life... You know, you probably warm up, get something to eat, eat clean, eat well, make sure that you're taking your vitamin C, make sure you're eating your fruits, you're drinking enough water. You know, I like to warm up. Not all actors do. Okay. And then um, and then the show goes on. And then, you know, three hours, you kind of, you're in this kind of imaginary state. You're in a state. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, you know, time flies by quickly. You know, you're trying to stay on top of the show. Sometimes things can go wrong, especially in a play like that. You know, someone drives and like, you know what I mean? If they don't say that line, then you can't say your line. And then, you know what I mean? Like that happened a couple of times. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So, um, so yeah, like, yeah, that's the day in the life. And then you do that every day, Monday to Friday. Then Saturday, you have two shows. Hmm. So okay. Saturday, you'll have a matinee and then you'll have an evening performance. Okay. And then maybe one day in the week, sometimes we had two shows as well. And um, 
Two so show decoration. Hmm? What's a matinee like on a show like um, Lehman? Because yeah, that's three hours. I mean, mate. I mean, the funny thing is, funny enough, normally with matinee audiences, you tend to get you know a lot of older people. Okay. That can't really get to the theatre in the evening for whatever reason. Yeah. But I think maybe because it was the West End and it was Saturday. Mm. With Lehman, that never really happened. Mm. It's got like you know, it's just like any other audience. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, you know, matinees normally kick off about two, two thirty. Three hour show brings us to five. You know, two hour break. Next show is at seven. But on a matinee day, I wouldn't warm up because the matinee would be my kind of warm up. Okay, I got you. I got you. So like you know, and I guess because everything's so fresh, you know, you just done a matinee. Those yeah. Saturday evening ones tend to bang. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah tend yeah, to bang yeah. because it's like you've, it's, you've got it. You've already done it that day. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Wow. All right. All right. All right. Um, thank you for that. So, like, in and amongst, like, especially like when you've got a show on, can mm. you like, can you like still audition for other work whilst you're in that process? Yeah. Or I personally don't like to look at other stuff until I've got the show under my belt. Okay, okay. I hate it. My agent will send me tapes and stuff, and I'm, I'm not even finished rehearsing. Mm. And I'm like, my, I've got, a, you know, I've got a finger. Don't send me anything until after press night. Because oh. I, I don't, because I think it's just unfair. Like, why am I thinking about other? I'm like, you know, with, especially with theatre. I think with screen, it's a whole different thing. But with theatre, like, how can I explain it? For me, it's like, you've got the writer, you've got his play. So you've got the writer, you've got the play, you've got the director, you've got the other actors, you've got the space, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then I've got me, I've got my mind, my body, my soul. Like, when we get in that room, it's all, it's like, I feel like I'm on a mission. It's almost like, yeah. you know, like, we're the chosen ones. Yeah. And like, you know, it's that part in the movie where we're all sat around and just going, right, you know, the eighteen. Yeah. It's that yeah. moment before they make the new thing, what they do, and they, like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah? And there's a spiritual thing going on, man. I'm sorry, but people, you know, there's a spiritual thing about acting. For me anyway, it's like, for me, it's like church. Mm -hmm. Now, when I go and watch a play, I don't like to see, I'm not a big fan. If, it, if it's, I know it sounds a bit mad, but I like, I like plays where it's, it's going to get uncomfortable. It's gonna get dirty. I call it red wine. I mean, I call it red wine. I like red wine. I want to see people turning themselves inside out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not into all this happy shit. Like, fair enough. You know, there's a space for that. But when I go to the theater, I want to. I want to leave thinking, wow. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I want to leave moved. I want to be changed. I want to learn something. I'm not saying it has to be all trauma, 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 but. I want to I wanna learn something, man. I want to be challenged. I want to ask myself some questions. I want to go away and Google something. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to just leave and be like, okay, yeah, that was great. Right, what are we going to eat? Do you get my name? Yeah. I want to be like, guys, I'm so sorry. I've got, I've got to go. They're going to think, what happened to Michael? But I'm at home, like, staying up late, like, fucking hell. Who wrote this play? Who's done it? Who? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah? Wow. Like, that, you know, that's how I want to feel. Yeah. So when I get on a stage... I want people to feel that. Mm. Now, you know, there's different ways of looking at a play and storytelling, right? You know, I'm not the kind of person that goes, what does the audience want? It's none of my business. Mm. You've come to see this show. 
And I'm going to tell you the story my way. If you like it, that's great. If you don't, that's life. I'm not here to kind of cater to the audience, bro. That, I don't think that makes sense. It's art. Do you get what I mean? You know, the Vince you weren't painting that picture for the audience. He just painted it. And you go there and you see what you see. Do you get what I'm saying? Because I've been in some, some directors like, oh, you know, the audience. The, I'm like, bruv, like the audience are coming to watch, bruv. Like, well, sorry, let me calm down. Be you, be you, be you. I get back to it, bro. I get back to it. Like the audience are coming to watch. They're coming to observe. So why are we trying to make choices? We don't know. The audience changes day to day. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. All, we, all I can do is I'm trying to tell you this story and present this character in the most truthful, honest way I possibly can. That's all I can do. You know? If it says in that, when I go through that script and it says this character, you know, is this, I'm trying to be that. Mm. I'm not trying to give you an impression of it. I'm trying, I'm using my mind, body and soul and I'm praying to God, you know, just to keep his eye on man. And I'm trying to go there, yeah, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to. You know, I might not reach that height every time, but I'm always trying to reach that point because then you're on something, then you're, then, then you're operating in a different frequency. Then, then you're kind of, to me, when you surrender, especially with any role, like acting-wise, you surrender, you let go of, you know, you let go of all the what-ifs, you shut down the inner voice and you just surrender to the moment. That's the closest thing I think you get to, like, like, I don't know, for me anyway, there's been things that I've done where I've gone, oh, something else was involved there. It wasn't just me. There was something else, you know, getting involved in that. You get what I'm saying to you? Yeah. And that, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure other people feel it in other professions. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like, no drug, no drug, no alcohol, no girls, no money, nothing can beat that feeling that you get when you're in that space state where you're on the cusp of your kind of subconscious and whatever's on the other side of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing can beat that, bro. Do you know what I mean? I like, you can get that feeling once, you spend the rest of your life trying to feel it again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing because, like, you, you're sounding like a true artist. You know, that, like, the phrase of, like, what a true artist is where it's like, Every time you're trying to do the best of with every toolkit and thing resource that's available to to you, I just I'm like you really love theatre, which is oh, I love it, man. I do love it. And but the thing is, you know what it is. You got to mm. remember as well that when you go to these, I'm, I'm not so sure about identity, but mm -hmm. drama schools. I mean, I'm not, I think a lot of stuff has changed, like post COVID, right? Yeah, but the the training for drama schools before was theatre. Mm. Yeah, that's how you're trained. You're not trained really. When I went to Rutland, when I was at Rutland 2014 to 2017, mm. you know, we didn't really do much screen. Mm. You know, there was a little film module, but you know, that teacher was, you know, I don't think he was any good. Mm. Sorry to say. But, you know, but our training was about theatre. You know, physical, physical training, movement training, voice training, how to project, how to, you know what I'm saying to you? Voice training, plays. We're looking at plays. We're looking at Greek theatre. We're looking at Shakespeare. We're looking at Jacobean theatre. We're looking at contemporary playwrights. We're looking at plays, yeah? 
And, you know, there's an argument that, you know, there's an argument that once you've done a few, you know, theatre training is the best training for any acting, yeah? And I think that's true, but I also think it's also kind of not true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, it's kind of a bit of a paradox because there's certain things about being on a set that you just need to know. There's certain things about screen that you know, like you could do a million plays till you're blue in the face, mate. It's not going to change. Like you need to know where to stand, brother. <laughs> you need to know that this ain't a close. This is a close up. So you doing all of that, you're doing too much. I mean, my, my leech. You get me <laughs> on a close up. It's not going to work, bro. You know what I mean, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you trying to do the mad Shakespeare monologues when you're doing a scene from the bill. That acting's not going to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, straight. You know what I'm saying? So there's yeah. things that you just have to learn on the job. But, and, and I could go on about this for days, but in terms of what is useful, like, you got to remember that, you know, doing a play or, you know, any kind of acting, it requires a level of awareness. And it, and it requires, you, it requires a level of focus. Mm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You're doing a play for three hours. You're telling a story from this point to this point. Yeah, in that three hours time, in order for that audience to zone in, we have to zone in. We have to zone in. Otherwise, there's nothing for them to watch. Yeah, if we're not zoned in, then and we're just doing it. The energy, everything, the audience. You know, you've, I don't know if you've been to the theater, but there's an experience where you go to the theater and they're not zoned in, and you're like, kind of, you're watching it, and you know, it might look great. But then you're thinking, shit, what am I going to put in the oven tonight? Mm. Fuck, I forgot to fucking phone my man about. Oh, shit, sorry. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. You can't zone in. But when you zone in, yeah, there's nowhere else for the audience to go. They go, it's like, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Now, see that zoning in I'm talking about? You need that for screen. You need that. Look. I've zoned, like, Lehman was three hours long. I zoned in, three hours. A couple of intervals, three hours zoned. No no take you do is going to be longer than five minutes, max. Yeah? Do you get my point? Yeah. Yeah. So when you can zone, when you've learned how to zone in for two hours, three hours, one hour, action, tsh, cut, tsh. you see my point? Yeah, I've just got... that alone. Because you think that's a small thing, but it's not. Because I've seen some actors on set and they can't zone in. Action, they're all <laughs> over the shop. Cut, uh, Chris, what, 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 what are you doing, man? <laughs> oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. All right, all right, let's go again. Action. No, now don't get me wrong. We're human. We get nervous. I've made, I've had some howlers on set and on stage. Yeah, so I'm the first person to admit that. But you've got to be able to zone in. That's like 101 mm. to be able to focus and concentrate on what's happening in this scene in order for it to become alive. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yep. Concentration, you know, as actors, we, you know, like it's really hard in this day and age with what's going on in the world, social media, the news, all this stuff, you know? But you've got to be able to do that. And that's what I, why I think that's the big thing about theatre training that I think gets underrated for screen, yeah? Mm. Also as well, like, you know, you can, you know, you start to, you know, theatre training, you, 
you know, you're getting a lot of experience. You're able to, there's another thing we get taught at drama school. You've got to put your attention, you know, if me right now me and you're having this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm having this conversation with you, but I'm thinking about, say like there's an audience watching us, which there probably will be, but mm. I might be nervous, right? So when you're nervous, you start thinking about yourself. Shit, how am I standing? What am I doing with my hands? How's this going? Da, 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 da. But what you get taught, well, what I got taught rather was to, oh, you've got, you put your attention on the other person. Mm. You put your focus on that other person. You take it off yourself, yeah? And for screen, the way it's shot, you know, you're often in scenes of just two of you or there's, like, that comes into handy. That comes in handy, you know, listening, you know? Instead of listening for cues, you've got to really listen. Do you get what I'm saying? Whereas, like, plays and theatres are a lot more about ideas and, like, you know, what's being said, words, ideas, beliefs. TV and screens more about what you see. You know, it's a visual thing. What does it look like? So there has to be a kind of one eye kind of, you know, watching yourself a little bit. Mm. Whereas in theatre, you do that, you're fucked. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You start being conscious of how you look on a stage. The audience are so perceptive, G, they can smell it. Really? <laughs> they can smell it. Any fear on that stage is like they can, they can smell it. It's like the glad. It's like the Greek. You know the gladiators. Opposite head. The only difference is instead of doing that, they start doing this. Yeah. No, nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Nah. It's yeah because like it's deep and it's good because you're very tenacious, but you're very well, like, I was going to say crafted, but, like, you really have trained and, like, what's the word? Like, the skill set is really there. So when you put that and tenacity together, that is, like, this is what we have. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I appreciate it, man. It's a nice thing to say. I mean, but, like, you know, like, you know, People, to, you know, drama school, any kind of training is great. It's really good. Gives you a real. Because, mate, when I first started training, bro, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. Really? I'd never done any acting in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I went to RADA, bro, I'd never done no acting in my life. The only thing I can remember was the Nativity play. I was playing one, I think I was playing one of the three wise men when I was like five or something. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I used to sing in the choir as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. But I was a child, but like, yeah, I hadn't done no acting, man. It was just, I just thought, fuck, I want to try this. And lucky enough, I auditioned and I got in. But I'd never done it. But the thing is, when I think about my life before, like, you know, you know, a lot of drama, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of dramatic events. There's a kind of, you know, without getting too deep into it, you know, I think mm-hmm. when you're living a certain kind of lifestyle, there is a drama to that. Yeah, There is a performance element to that. Mm-hmm. And I think... When I realised and I kind of dissected acting, I realised that, oh, okay, most of us have been acting our whole lives. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's be honest, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But, yeah, I didn't have much. I didn't know anything. So, like, I hadn't read any plays. So, I always felt like I was the kind of odd one out in my year. Because everyone else had had all this experience Mm -hmm. or they'd been doing it since they were five. And here was me, this guy, you you know, with my background kind of being like, hey, like, you know, and it's Rada as well, so there's all that pressure. 
Mm. You know, I'm thinking like, have they made a mistake with me? <laughs> like, I remember my first, well, our first ever showing, yeah, and I remember I was sat, I was doing, was doing this play, Mm-mm-mm. but I was looking around. I was so aware that I was in a play, and I was, and I looked to my right, and I remember looking at the head of acting just staring straight in my face. I remember thinking, I remember just looking at him, <laughs> I remember looking at me like, why the fuck are you looking at me? <laughs> Get in the play, do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> But I was just so green, bro. I was just, <laughs> I mean, and then like the odd times where I tried to go, go there. Yeah. I think you know the kind of backgrounds that people come from. They hadn't met no one like me, so like I'm doing things. They they're like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, Michael, please. You know what I mean? It's a bit of that's going on. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you know, <laughs> I'm going. Wow, what do you want me to do? Like, if you ever want me to do the thing, or you want me to not do the thing, but like, you get me. <laughs> Oh man, you know what? That sounds I can't lie, that sounds fun, man. That actually sounds fun. That sounds fun. It probably didn't feel fun in the moment, but you know there's like a when you're exploring something for the first time and like it, I'll liken it to something like when I first started like trying to edit something, right? Taking days, hours, da 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 da. da. But then in that time you're trying loads of stuff and you're you're using things that maybe people that have edited for years or whatever they don't usually use but you're using it in a quirky way it's like when hip-hop was born but they're using that vinyl player to like scratch records and they're like no you don't know what are you doing you're spoiling the stuff and they're like nah but this sounds kind of cool and then you birth a whole genre off of things like that so i mean yeah. trial and error mm. No, that's no, amazing. Still right, that's a good. That's a good way. That's a good. That's a good way of looking at. It. You can, you know, whole genre gets born out of a mistake. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Some of the. I mean, bro, you. I've come to the realization you can't actually learn without mistakes. You can't. I mean, no, no. Tell a lie. You can learn without mistakes, but your learning can only go so far. You have to make mistakes to really learn a lesson. I hear you. You know what I mean? You've got to be open to that, especially yeah. in this in this game. You learn from mistakes. Do you get what I'm saying? Because you know you were saying I've had moments in my career where you know I've made mistakes, man. You know I've had moments in my career where I haven't followed my instinct and it's cost me. You know, so um, yeah, there's it's not been all rosy, like nothing in life is. But yeah, yeah I hear you. No, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. So, um, a huge opportunity came for you in doing um the Death of England, uh, Delroy, when um Giles Torreira fell ill, um, because you were his mm. understudy. Um, now I I haven't really heard this, like what the experience of being an understudy is actually like, but like, yeah, what is it like? Like, how do you stay prepared? Like, all of yeah, that's a good question, bro. Listen, listen, bro. I've done it before. I've done understudying mm, before. Really? When I did when I did the National Theatre Macbeth, yeah, um, I was understudying three characters, and I went on as all three characters at different times. A lot of people that understudy, they'll tell you, you never go on. Ah, oh, nah, you'll never go on. They'll be fine. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Da, 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 da. Listen, forget that. Prepare for the worst. Good, brother. When I got that phone call, I was in my yard, chilling, you know, doing a show in, in you know in London. So you know, I did the show that night. No, it's Sunday, so I, that day I was off. So I was getting mm. bed, ready for bed. 
you know, between me and you a few years ago, a friend of mine was saying, do you want to come over? Mm -hmm. I was about to leave my house and go over there. I get mm -hmm. a phone call. Hey, Mike, I'm so sorry, man. I've got shingles. I'm not going to be getting on tomorrow. So, yeah, just letting you know, heads up, you're on. Bro, that feeling of fear that kicks in because you got like you, you know I mean you should have learned the lines, and you should have a kind of understanding of that person's journey for the show. Mm -hmm. You know, luckily I kind of knew the lines, but I needed to run them. So I told my niece, I was like, "I'll give you thirty pounds. Stay at home. No school today. Let's run these lines all day." I mean, it's a bad thing to do. You know, I'm not saying, but yeah, he ran the lines with me. So when I went in, I was like, yeah, I know my lines. So like, I didn't, I couldn't, but it was a madness. So I'm doing, some, I'm doing a scene on stage and people are like, trying, without saying it, like, yeah, my leech. <laughs> I mean, go that way, Michael. You get me? So, but it was nuts. It was nuts. But, but really big learning experience. Yeah. Hmm. So with Death of England, what happened was, Charles, who's, what, you know that without Charles, you know I don't think I'd be doing what I, what I've done since I did Death mm. of And also, more. this is like a one man play. So like this is yeah, you're not just filling in for like a small part. This this a one man play. Yeah. So if he's not there, you have to do the whole play. Just well, give you know time. what's funny about that? What's mm. funny about that? Yeah, is we're in lockdown. Mm -hmm. I'm going through some stuff. I think everybody was going through some stuff. Yeah, and um, I get a phone call from Charles, and he's like, "Mate, I just read this play, Death of England. I'm gonna go and have a chat with them now about it." But he, Charles, said to me, "This is no word of a lie. That God strike me down if I'm lying." He said, "I think you should do this play, Mike." He said that to me. Yeah, sends me the play. I read, I read some of it. I was like, "Fucking hell, this is. I could do this. I could do this show easy." Yeah. Because there's so much stuff in it that I could relate to, in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Anyway, Charles comes back. He's like, "Look, I spoke to them. You know, it's the national. They want a big name. You know, mm -hmm. Charles Hamilton. He's a bigger theater actor. Yeah, cool, no problem." But Charles was like, "I want you to understudy it because I want you in the room." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I mean, I wasn't working. Do you mean? I wasn't working. I think I just did a couple of episodes of a, this TV show, War of the Worlds. Some. Yeah. Fox, mm -hmm. so nothing bigger, just a couple of apps, small little part. Got a bit of money in the bank, so now this has popped up. So I'm like, Yeah, let's do it. Had another offer for another play, actually, a Shakespeare with Ian McKellen. And, um, oh wow, yeah, and that was you know a role that wasn't no understudy, but I don't know why. Charles, you know, the national, I was like, You know what. I'm going to do this. I'm going to understudy it. Yeah? And then um, I remember we go in the room. Clint Dyer's directing. Giles is in there. We're all working. You know, there's a, you know, there's a vibe. There's a good energy in the space. It's like, remember, they said there ain't been no plays at the National for years. You know? People are really craving a, th a theatre piece. And obviously, with everything that happened during lockdown with George Floyd and all that kind of stuff, it felt like, yeah, this is an industry that needs to hear some of this stuff. Yeah. Especially theatre, particularly in London. You lot need to get it. I don't know if there's ever been a character like Delroy on stage. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, if, if anyone's ever... I don't think there has. You know? On the main stage, the Olivier stage of the National Theatre. It's never been heard of a play like that. 
Yeah. Wow. So anyway, you know, we're in the room. Giles is rehearsing. I'm sat there. I'm trying to learn lines. I'm rehearsing little bits and bobs. And um, yeah, he's doing his thing. But I don't know what it is. There was something inside of me, like I'm watching everything happening. And I, and I, and like because of my position, you know, during lockdown, and I was sat in my flat by myself for a lot of the time, bro, wondering what I was going to do in my life because I was thinking, am I going to ever act again? Mm. You know, remember, I remember I left the road and got into acting. Yeah, and I remember this was a time where the politicians were putting out these posters of Fatima. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah, in like, oh, maybe I should retrain and do that. But, but I'm going, but this is, I have done that, and this is what I've retrained in. Yeah, I applied for a couple of the jobs at Foot Locker. Obviously, it was locked down, but there was applications flying about, about you know, when they open, mm. nothing, bro, nothing. Because without going too deep into it, you know, I've got quite a few convictions in it, so mm. I can't just go and get a job. I've got a Put that bit where it says previous convictions. I need to, I'm writing essays in there. You oh, see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, because I've already experienced what it's like when you don't mention that and then they find out and then they get rid of you. I've had that experience. Mm. You know what I mean, mm. so during lockdown was a difficult time for me, but I, I was really struggling mental health, everything. Yeah. So here's the play, more or less, about a guy in his flat during lockdown, like he's struggling about things in his life. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So when we're in the room and, you know, Giles is rehearsing, he, Giles is, he's probably one of the best, he is probably the best theatre actor I've seen. Because wow. that man has an ability to become, a, he can change his soul almost. Wow. You know, he can change it. It's weird. Anyone that's worked with him, speak, I've worked with him a couple of times and this man's got access to parts of himself that the average person doesn't. Yeah? Wow. But... This particular one, we're in the room. I'm sat down, you know, watching, trying to watch his moves, watch his doing, da 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 da, da. And I don't know what it was, but... Because at the same time, around this period of time, I was trying to move to another eight. I was trying to get a new agent. Okay. Me and my agent's relationship had, like, kind of gone up in flames. Mm. And, um, and she was kind of threatening me with dropping me and stuff like that. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So, and this is obviously, you know, I'm like, shit. So I'm saying to Charles, look, I need to do at least one of these shows. He's like, he's like Mike, don't worry, I got, I got you. You just tell me when. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah? Nice. that's nice. But then I get a phone call out of nowhere. Michael Balligan, can you come in a bit earlier? We want to work on some stuff. I'm going, whoa, hold on a minute. The call was at three. Why am I coming in early? And I've come in early and I just, I could sense that there was a kind of frantic energy in the air. Mm. There was, I could scent, I could smell fear in the room. There was fear, mm. and I was thinking, "What's going on?" Anyway, Clint's called it. You know, everyone in silence. Bad news. Giles has got appendicitis. Um, you know, that's it. He can't. He can't do the show. Cool. So I've just assumed that I'm doing it. So I've tried to. You know, I'm. I can see everyone's a bit nervous. So I'm going. You know what? Let me be. I'm going to be the sacrifice, guys. Everyone chill out. I've got this. We're good. No one's giving me eye contact. Oh. So I'm like, what's going on for everyone now? I'm sending them, I'm good. I've got this. So he's like, Mike, 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 Mike. Can we have a, let's have a chat outside. So I've come outside. He's gone, Mike, bad news. We need a name. You know, we need a name. You're not a big name. We need a name in it. I'm going, bro, like, why am I here? 
I'm the understudy. That's my job. I'm meant mm-hmm. to do the show. Like, it's like, yeah, I know, but, you know, we need a big name. You know, the theatre's been closed for years, lockdown. Jazz was in Hamilton. Bro, that feeling was like, oh, wow. All right, cool. Say no more. Gone back in the room. It's gone. Do you know what? Let's let's just run the first few pages or whatever. Yeah. But obviously, I've come back in with that feeling of being of being shafted. Yeah. And that first pages is Delroy being shafted and he's saying how he feels. Okay. Yeah? All right. So, bro, I let the demon out. Wow. Yeah. I let it out. And it was. It was fucking good, bro. Like, even I know that. I know that from how people were looking at me. People were like, it was like, it wasn't even good or bad. It was real. Yes. No, it was, this guy's not acting. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't. I mean, and then he, next day, yeah, Mike, sorry, my mistake. You're doing the show. Mate. And, and like, who knows, man? I, I don't, maybe he did, like, I've always, I've been yet to ask him. But I think maybe he said that to me to see how I'd react. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that that's impossible. Maybe he just said that because he thought, I need to, this guy needs to know the magnitude of this, isn't it? Mm. And it went down really, really well. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then I guess also there might even be pressure from, from the national of saying like, nah, we need a name kind of, I guess. Well, yeah. this is the thing. Well, that's what he said. He said it wasn't him. I'm going to leave this here because I need to... My head while I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, no, it's um, all good. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what he said, and he was like, "It's not me; it's the national." Blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, maybe he was right because um, I remember Rufus came in the room in it to just see to see it. And I did a little piece of it for him, yeah. and bro, I just I remember feeling, I remember having no fear because I thought this is a black man. This is me. Yeah, like. I can, no one can't tell me about this character. Even the guy that wrote it, you can't tell me nothing about Delroy. I know Delroy. It's not really me, but I've seen, I know Bear Delroy's. Yeah. That Don on the, that black guy on the estate who thinks he's white. Yeah. And he speaks like he's Cockney. And you might even go to an EDL march and he's there with them. <laughs> yeah. And you're going, what's wrong with you, you fool? Do you mean? Or you might catch him in the pub on a Sunday with his brethren and you think, oh yeah, he's one of them. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. But this gave me a this gave me an opportunity to delve, you know, a bit more into that character. And, you know, there's some very complex, nuanced reasons why he's that way. Mm-hmm. Coming mm-hmm. up, when you're growing up in a period of time where there isn't really a black identity yeah. that that has that has respect, mm-hmm. that has um agency, that has you know, when you're coming from a you know period of time where you know we haven't always been like yeah. When we first got here, bro, and you know a couple of years after, in terms of like I'm talking about Windrush. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's generations of guys who were looking in the mirror going, "I don't want to be black because of the fucking fuckery that is going on around that period of time." Yeah. I mean, I remember being in school when I was a child, thinking, "Well, I'm thinking I don't want to be black." You know, there's a funny meme and there's a funny um little video. Um, have you seen that video with the little boy, American boy? He's like, I no. want to be white. No, and no, then no, no. And then his family's like, get the fuck out of it. You like, but like, I'm like, guys, like that was a real thing, man. Do you get what I mean? You know, I'm Nigerian. Like we went through phases, bro. I remember not wanting to be African because that school used to get mugged off. 
I hear you. I hear you. Yep, yep. yep. I remember telling people I was from Rima in Jamaica. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So, like, you know, there's a very, there's some very specific phases around that period of time. Yeah. Mm. And as, you know, my, you know, coming from my generation, I'm very, very aware of them. I was there mm. during those phases. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of the African man them now, they don't know how good they've got it. Yeah. Well, Afrobeats. Yeah. What? What, Wizkid? We never had that in my day. <laughs> you get me? That's why when I, when, you, when I go to certain races, I'm there milking it. <laughs> it's my time. <laughs> I do, you know, baby, baby, my local. You know what I mean? <laughs> now I'm all Nigerian. Now I'm fully like, I'm back to Nigeria. But, you know, the bigger thing to understand is identity in it. Mm. Black identity. And that's what that plays about. This is a black man who's his whole life, he's ref he hasn't really accepted he's black. He's tried to fit in, and now he's seeing the results. Mm. And that's what he's and that's what that plays about. Do you know what I mean? Mm. No, that's huge. That is yeah, that's huge. You know, like through this conversation, right? It's is very clear that the path for you is it looks like really big and really exciting and just like only bigger things are going to happen, right? Especially, I guess maybe a turning point is doing Death of England. 100%. Um, and I just, I remember I was reading something, I think it was like your Guardian article, right? Where mm -hmm. like you mentioned that despite all of these big things that you've done and are probably going to do in the future, you don't like to think about the magnitude of the thing yeah. you do. Now, yeah, I just wanted to know, like, could you unpack that? Why is that? Yeah, that's a good question, man. I think the reason for that, it's a bit about, it's a bit, it's, I think it's like, number one, yeah, mm -hmm. in this industry, you've got to be very careful. You've got to be very careful with your ego. Yeah? Because it's very, especially as black people, yeah, the shit that we've gone through, shit we've experienced, yeah? And then all of a sudden, you're now, oh my God, all of these big things, you're amazing. You did that play, you did that TV show. Listen, no matter what I do, I'm still a human being. And when you start letting what you've done, your work, determine your self-worth, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with getting self-worth from it an element of it, but when that becomes your main source of joy and validation, I think it's dangerous for actors. Mm. It's dangerous. It's dangerous territory because now you start thinking that because of what you've done, you're better than the next man. And what they've done means nothing. Yeah? That's mm -hmm. one element of it. Mm -hmm. Second element of it for me is that it's a big mistake that a lot of actors make, and I'd say it again, a lot of black actors make it more. Let me change it. Not black actors, working class actors. And my thing is this, yeah? If you go, if you go to the National, the West End, and you start letting the magnitude of, oh, I'm in the West End, yeah? Then the story that you tell on that stage is not going to be true. Because you're doing, I'm in the West End storytelling. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm on the Olivier stage. Oh my God. 
And then I come and see your show, and I'm like, why are you doing that with your voice? Why are you doing that? Mm. And then afterwards, and, and then I think, and then I realize, oh, you're doing, you're kind of doing an impression of what you think you need to do on the West End, mm. or at the National Theatre, you know, or on the set for this big Netflix TV show, or on this Marvel film. Like, forget that. Those aren't the people that win the Oscars that do that. Those are the people that you watch, you go, mm, meh, next. Because you're just doing an impression of something you think you should be doing. Because you've got this idea in your head, oh my God, I'm at the RSC. Oh my God, I need to do this. I need to be good. Oh my God, I'm at the National. I need to be good. Yeah? Fuck the National. What? If it's not for us to get on that stage, then there is no National. How about that? If we don't get on that stage, the actors, and do the thing, there is no National, bruv. How about that? There is no play. There is no audience to, to come. What are they going to watch? What a blank space. I'm the thing. Mm. I mean, it sounds quite contradictory to me saying anyone <laughs> about letting it go to your head. But, you know, like, bro, you're going to do a one-man show, you need to gash yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I needed to, to convince myself that I was, I was fucking, I was, I was fucking Daniel Day-Lewis or, you know, flipping... The, you know, the best, I had to, bro. I, was, I would have crumbled. I had to go there in my mind. I had to convince myself, I'm the shit. Fuck, you know what I mean? F the national, F this stage, F this, I'm the shit. It's a mentality. It's not, I don't mean it literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah way yeah, of yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. It's like that self-talk before yeah. the show, G, I'll get in, I'll put on certain tunes that get me into that state and I'll be thinking, I'll be walking up and down. Yeah. I'll do my warm sorry to get no, I'm getting a bit carried away. I'll do my warm-up. You know what I mean? I'll be tensing in the mirror. And then that's like, and then the woman knock on my door and be like, oh, right. oh hello, thank you. <laughs> and I walk out and my heart's beating really quickly. But that I don't know what it is. It's got me over the thing in my head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know? And that that thing I said about the magnitude of these places, it's like don't let those places be bigger than you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying to you? The National Theatre, that stage, the Olivier stage. Why is it called the Olivier? Because Laurence Olivier probably did a mad thing on there one day. He's not here no more. But we are. Do you get what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Like, yep. don't let these institutions become bigger than you. Yeah. It's a really big thing. When you go on that set, whether it's Netflix, Amazon Prime, I don't care if you're working with Spielberg, he's human. He's a human being. He ain't got nothing on you. Yes, he might know a bit more about this film thing. Then you learn and you listen. But don't ever put him above you, bruv. Don't ever go speak that. Oh, can I? Sorry, Steve. Move, man. <laughs> Do you know what? I love this, yeah. Because as you're speaking, there's someone that's come into mind. It's Tossing Cole, right? When, when, when I see him, when I see him, like act and just in certain things there's like this and when we've interviewed him yeah there's this thing of that's what he does where mm. he's stopped trying to be it's like look this is me yeah this is my version of this mate and that's why he is so good at what he does the best mm. actors do that yeah the best actors for me yeah, well, like good acting for me, you know, accents, you know, all that stuff's great. You know, that's very impressive. Mm. But good acting is when you 
you kind of surrender to the, the to the role, to the story, and to yourself. Hmm. You know, the best actors, you know, the Daniel Kaluuya's, the Tossing Coles, the Tamara Lawrence's, hmm. the um, the um, Daniel Day Lewis's. Like when you watch them, you get a sense of who they are as a person as themselves you get a sense of it because they're, they're what they're all they're doing is bringing themselves their own soul to yes. this dynamic and letting that letting that letting that cook yeah whereas you can make a mistake as an actor and go i need to be someone else yeah big mistake because now i remember my, this teacher at, when i was at drama school his teacher john was like if i ever go and see a show and i don't and if I ever see any of you on the stage and I can't see a bit of you, then I'm then like, you know, it's pointless. It's dead. Yeah? Because that why do you think we like to go back to certain people? Mm. You know, Kaloya. When you think of Daniel Kaloya, right? You think of Black Mirror. Mm. You think of Get Out. Mm. You think of um Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Mm. And what is it about? What is it you can see in those three very different roles? Yeah, but there's something about him yeah. in there. Yep, and you know he's you know there's a passion, there's a fire. You know, there's a there's a kind of like surrendering to this, to whatever's going on. You can see him in those roles; they're all different. Yeah, but there's something about his essence that is in there yeah. in all three of them. You know. And it's a similar thing to when you go, you know, you might go to a museum and you might see a fucking, a Picasso painting. Yeah? And then you go to another museum and there's another Picasso, but, and you don't know why, but you're going, there's something about that painting. Yes. in there. I can see it. I can't yeah. put it into words. Yeah. But I can see it. I can feel it. Or with music, you know, Kendrick, you listen to some Kendrick's albums, like, Kendrick, you, you know what you're going to get with Kendrick. Mm. There's going to be a certain amount of depth to the music. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some very creative ideas that you think, fuck, I wish I'd thought of that. You know? There's a surrendering that Kendrick does, yeah? And the best actors can be themselves. Oh. The best artists bring themselves to the work. They bring themselves there. Do you get what I mean? That's a quotable. I like that. I like that. I like that. Mate, yeah. there is um there's nothing more to say. This is um yeah, this has been amazing. It's been an experience and definitely not our last interview. Um but nah, thank you man. It is yeah, it's been it's been amazing. It's been amazing. <laughs>